You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. On today's podcast, we will be reviewing a film off the list of greatest films of all time off of the website www.thisisthedarkcorridor.com, which I now hold the rights to, and another film which has been requested by a listener. Uh, sorry about that, just had some crumpets. Uh, we'll have for you a couple of emails, a few bits of cack we usually do, and... I don't know, usual shit. Uh, don't know about you, but it feels like fucking ages since we last did a podcast. Randall Parker's Film Fact Every couple of weeks, four weddings and a funeral actor Hugh Grant phones up Marvel to see if they've got a part for him in the MCU. Randall Parker's Film Fact Thought I'd get that in early, I'm likely to forget to do it otherwise. Uh, when I last spoke to you, I was in the departure lounge of Birmingham International Airport, waiting to go on a short Easter break with me mum to the city of Amsterdam. Now, some people say that there are two stages to a person's life, life before they went to Amsterdam and life after they came back from Amsterdam. And even though normally I'd say people who talk like that are poncy wankers, they might actually have a point, because from now on I'll probably look at my life as two distinct periods, before and after the fucking nightmare in Amsterdam. Oh, them fucking crumpets. Uh, first night when we got there, uh, Thursday was okay. Uh, I have to admit, the hotel wasn't that impressive, tell you the truth. I've seen cleaner public bogs. But usually when you're in a city like that, it doesn't matter because you don't spend that much time in the room, do you? So it doesn't usually matter that much. did ask for a twin room, but they gave us a double, so Mum got the bed and I was bunking down on the chair in the corner of the room. A little bit uncomfortable, but I could live with it. Sammy, the bloke from behind the counter at Chipsy King, was saying to me that the hotel had only recently reopened after a couple of multiple murders. And to be fair, they'd done a fucking good job on the carpet in the foyer. You could barely see the stains. Well, you could if you knew what you were looking for, anyway. Uh, give you a continental breakfast, which was basically a bap, a slice of aldiam, and a cup of coffee at the vending machine. But I don't usually go in for a big breakfast, so it's fine and dandy for me, like... Anyway, within 20 minutes of getting there, Mum starts off with a moaning. Moan, moan, fucking moan. Starts on about how fucking hot it is, and she kept going on and on and on and on about it. How do these bloody foreigners manage to live in all this heat? Or, oh, it's way hotter than it is in England. So I says to her, like, at meridian-wise, Amsterdam's probably only about 20 miles closer to the equator than Edgebury, so the change in climate wouldn't be distinguishable to the casual traveller. But she told me to fuck off and that I was chatting utter knackers and that as it was a foreign country it was bound to be utter and I always chat crap and think I'm so much cleverer than she is. Things didn't get much better the next day when we went round the Anne Frank Museum where you get to look around the house where her and her family tried to hide from the Nazis during World War II, you know the one. Fucking moving that was, I can tell you. All those people just trying their best to survive just because you do things slightly differently to someone else. Never understood that. Where does that kind of hate come from? Just as long as you crack on doing what you do and cause no harm to anyone else, you should be left alone to waddle on. Don't know whether enjoying it or not is the right word, but I was. Uh, Right up until the moment we were asked to leave by a security guard because Mum said she'd love to bring Mr White here as she'd love a set of fitted wardrobes like that and he could take a few measurements. Fucking hell, Mum, there's a time and a place and that weren't it. On we went to the Van Gogh Museum, you know, the daft fellow who cut his fucking ear off. Found that to be quite impressive, quite an eye-opener, I can tell you. Poor chap went mad, and that was the reason why he cut his ear off. Not because Leonardo da Vinci betting 40 quid he couldn't do it. 
just shows you how reliable some of Ken's facts really are. Mum spent most of the time saying his paintings were amateurish and had a strange, intense, feverish feel to him, and she much preferred the works of Rolf Harris. Then she pulled out a permanent marker and drew a cock and bollocks on the potato eaters. Took four security guards to drag her out of there, and then we had a massive bust-up, uh, where things were said that perhaps shouldn't have been. Uh, oh, fucking crumpets. She said to me that she fucking hated Amsterdam and wanted to go back home to Mr White and her favourite boy Francis, and how Francis was the son she always wanted. Cut me like a knife, that did, I can tell you. Fucking hurt, that did, and I said he was a fucking retard, to which she replied he was kind and caring and everything that I wasn't, and how she wished he was her real son. Wasn't happy about that, and I did regrettably say a few things that were callous and unforgivable. I told her her Sunday dinners were short, and the veg was always boiled too much and her gravy was too salty, and her custard was too much custard powder and not enough sugar. This really wounded her, I could tell that. I could tell by the way she told me to suck a dick and fuck off, and then kick me so hard in the knackers my feet left the fucking ground. <coughs> I'm sure I blacked out for a couple of seconds, and when I came round I could see her legging it off full speed down the street, and that was the last time I saw her until the club later on. Emails. <coughs> Enough of that crap, let's uh, get on with the good stuff. Uh, got a few emails this week, so let's dive straight in. The first one goes Dear Randall, love the podcast, keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Uh, recently, I was at the bus stop waiting for the number 29 to take me to work, and this good looking guy smiled at me and said, That hat looks great on you. Anyone else, it wouldn't work, but with you, it just does. There and then I found him work and pretended to be ill and spent the rest of the day banging the arse off of him. That was four weeks ago and I'm now late and it stings when I piss. But my question to you is this. What is the strangest compliment you have ever been given? Best wishes, Liz MacDonald. Well, thank you for the email, Liz. Not really film related, but, well, anyway. Uh, normally, I just get insults, uh, but... One does stick in my mind, actually. It was back when I was at high school, must have been about 14 or 15, and we were sat in art. And we had one of those funny teachers who didn't let you sit next to your mates. You sort of had to sit in alphabetical order. So I was sat next to Sally Patterson for the whole year. And you could sort of tell she didn't want to be sat next to me about the same amount as I didn't want to be sat next to her. I always wanted to sit next to Davy Carter in art, the boss eyed lad, because uh, he always had me in fits of laughter. He's dead now, got it by a train. Anyways, the whole school year, she didn't say a fucking word to me, and I didn't say a fucking word to her. It was sort of like a standoff until the last day of the school year. And she turns to me and smiles really nicely and says to me, Randall, I expected you to smell a poo, but you don't. And that were the only words she ever spoke to me. I often think about that. So on to the next email. It goes, Dear Randall, Love the podcast. The lads and I love to listen sometimes when we're in the pub playing pool when we catch up for a chat on a Wednesday. Darius has a Bluetooth speaker that he streams your podcast onto off of his phone. Till the week, Darius commented on how much better life had gotten in recent times with the advancement of things like the mobile phone and Bluetooth speakers and he couldn't remember the last time he actually bought any music on a physical format such as a CD. Tony said that even though he could see the upside of having the entire music catalogue of the world at your fingertips with apps such as Spotify and iTunes, you couldn't deny that having a tangible item in your hands was a wonderful thing and you felt more connected to the music by possessing it on vinyl. 
At this point, Sam pipes up and says Italian was talking bollocks and vinyl is just a cash grab for music companies to rinse middle-aged men of their hard-earned cash. And even though Record Store Day originally was quite a good idea, it's just re-release shit that no one really wants. And why did Tony still sport that fucking stupid mod haircut, even though he was thinning at the back? As you can imagine, this was like a red rag to a bull. Tony clocked Sam around the head with a pool cue and shouted, I'll show you what a mod haircut can do, you daft fucker, whilst grabbing a broken Brewdog IPA bottle and jabbing it into Sam's face repeatedly. And as I write this email, Darius is currently having the eight ball removed from his sphincter. But my question to you is this. What technological advancement do you think has improved films? Kind regards, Danny Carter. Fuck it hell, youth. It's all kicking off down there, ain't it, lad? Well, for me, it would have to be the introduction of the DVD. That started things motoring, in my opinion. I fucking hated videotapes. You get to an interesting bit, and nine times out of ten, the machine would chew the tape to bits. Never got to see Sharon Stone slice. Anyway, the advancement of DVD to Blu-ray and then ultimately onto streaming would be the technological advancement that I think is the most impressive. Well, it is to me anyway, you know, when everything went digital. Nice email that was, Danny. Hope you all make a speedy recovery and could put your differences to one side. Good mates are hard to find, aren't they? Strange sounds from the dark corridor. Now, no email from the dark corridor wouldn't put you through that on our first week back. I'm not a cruel man. Despite what that lady shouted at me the other day from across the road. Just a bit of an update on the wanker, really. Uh, You may have heard that I was on his podcast a few weeks back and we had a competition on whether I could keep my podcast or not. And I sort of won. Well, not in the conventional way, more a technical win, I'd say. And Colin Corridor has offered me a few things in exchange for not getting the fuck beaten out of him by the gang of three I sent to fuck him over. Right, Uh, the conditions are... uh, Number one, full rights to the list of greatest films of all time off of the website www.thisisthedarkcorridor.com Number two, I can keep doing my podcast. C... Uh, He has to organise three interviews with famous people because he made a tit of me when he sent me off on that wild goose chase last year. And four, a tax-free gift of £2,479.86. new pence. Now, point three on that list ties in nicely with next week, which is sort of a special anniversary episode celebrating one year since I've made my first podcast. Now, we've got a jam-packed episode planned for you. I've had to agree to let Ken sing, but don't let that put you off. Uh, we're also recording live from the Dog and Partridge, and we've got a very, 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 very special guest joining us. Now, Colin the Dark Corridor has actually come up trumps and managed to wangle me an interview in person with the Queen of Kung Fu, Ms. Cynthia Rothrock. Yeah, I know what you're thinking, but this is legit. I had a Zoom call meeting with her last week and she's attending the MMA event at the NEC down the road. Now, MMA is mixed martial arts, if you didn't know. Anyway, she's attending that, and Colin Corridor's pulled a few strings, and she's agreed to pop along and answer a few questions. Did have to submit them in advance, and he rejected about half of them, because he involved hypothetical scenarios where Cynthia and I would run off and have kids. But nonetheless, she's on next week's show, and as a treat for her, I shall be casting my eye over two of her best films, uh, Yes Madam and the classic China O'Brien. You know, just to make her feel right at home. 
Turns out the dark corridor does have people in the know. He's looking at organising me an interview with some bloke called Vincent Gallo later in the year. Never heard of him. Let's do a review. When I say live from the dog and partridge, I'll record it then pull it out on Monday, like always. Actually, it'd just be like a normal show, but done in the pub, won't it? So it's not really live. Anyways, on to the film off of the list of greatest films of all time. Off of the website www.thisisthedarkcorridor, which I've got rights to now. Now, it's one from 1973, directed by a bloke called Nicholas Rogue, and stars Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland. It's called Don't Look Now, and it's a right fucking creepy film, I can tell you. Starts off with a scene where this couple are fighting about in this big posh house and their kids outside pricking about next to a pond and a daft cow drowns and it's in slow motion. Anyways, time passes and they're all moody about the dead kid and this posh vicar rocks up and says to Donald Sutherland, do you want to do me church up? And thinking it's a good idea, he takes the job. They fuck off and when they get to Venice they meet these two old birds who say to Julie, I'm a psychic and I can see dead people and I can see your dead kid and Julie faints. She ends up in hospital and when Donald goes to pick her up she says, this old bird says she can see our dead kid and Donald says I'd have that very much love. But she seems happy and he's fine with that. They get to the hotel and decide to have it off but get dressed at the same time. Sounds confusing, but it ain't. So long as you keep your wits about you and pay attention and don't solely focus on trying to get a look at Knocker or Bush. Anyways, you get to see this couple playing Sticky Belly and afterwards they go out for a bit of tea and old Don sees this kid in a red coat leggy past and he thinks, fucking hell, that looks just like our dead sprog, that does. Now when Don's doing the church, Julie meets up with the old birds and they have a go on a Ouija board and they try to contact the dead kid but they tell her that someone close to it is in danger. I had a go on a Ouija board once. Said I was going to be a millionaire. I was dead excited about it until I found out Mum was pushing the fucking glass about. Anyway, I've digressed there, haven't I? Uh, Now, apparently, they've got another kid, we haven't seen him before, who gets knackered at boarding school, so Julie decides I'm going to fuck off back to England and make him better, and Donald says, that'll be fine by me. He's probably thinking, you know... He'll get his magazines out and crank out a crafty one while she's away. But when he's at work, he nearly gets killed and thinks, fucking hell, the building regulations here in Italy are fucking shocking. Anyway, he's tooting along on a boat and he sees Julie on another boat and thinks, what the fucking hell? So phones the coppers and says, me missus has gone missing and I've just seen her on a fucking boat. And they basically tell him to fuck off. So he phones his son's school and they say, oh, your wife's here. And he has a little chat with her and he thinks, fuck, I must be going mental or something. And he keeps seeing little kids running around in red coats and he follows them but never catches them. The coppers, for some reason, arrest the old birds who they think have kidnapped Julie but they ain't and Don takes them back to the hotel where one of them has a funny turn so Don fucks off. Don sees someone in a red coat like his kids and chases them and it turns out to be some ugly short ass who stabs him up and kills the fuck out of him and the film sort of ends there. Now this was a right mess of bollocks. If it hadn't been for the bit of shagging in it, I might have watched it on fast forward. Don't know what they were trying to do with this. I mean, was it supposed to mean something or was it just one of them films where they film any old bollocks and call it art? Ratings wise, I'm going to put it on a par with finding a spot of blood on your bog roll after a particularly vigorous wipe. That was Don't Look Now. I wish I hadn't. (laughs) 
Now back on to mum. Uh, I spent the best part of Saturday when I was in Amsterdam trawling the streets for her. Uh, you know, when she legged it off and went rogue. Went to the police station and filed a missing persons report. Fat lot of fucking good that did me. Couldn't have given a flying fuck. Made all the right noises, but you can tell they thought I was some sort of oddball. So I decided I'll trawl the streets looking for the old cow. So I was stopping people and asking, have you seen this woman? And I was showing them a picture that I got in my wallet of her. Admittedly, it was from a few years ago and it's out the newspaper from when she killed that vicar, but it's the only one I've got of her. I'd been walking for what seemed like fucking hours and I was thirsty, so nips in this pub sort of place and uh, you've never seen anything like it in your life. Well, for a start, there was a strange smell in there. It was a cross between Dettol and Tuna. Uh, Casa Rossa I think it was called and there were people doing all sorts on the stage shagging, waving stuff about swinging thingies about you've never seen the lark did find it quite entertaining at first but when the woman on the stage who was having it off made eye contact with me it sort of, well, I don't know she just didn't seem that into it she looked like she wasn't so much thinking oh I'm quite enjoying this shagging more thinking, shall I have oven chips or potato waffles with them burgers tonight now I'm not a prude but some of the stuff that was going on there was quite shocking and after four and a half hours I stormed out and intended to stay that long but I was bamboozled by the busters. You see, I've never seen any of them live before. I've only seen them in, on the telly or in magazines and if I hadn't been so worried about mum I might have stopped a bit longer and made a few notes. Anyways, I spent the rest of the day looking for the old bird but no one had seen hard nor air of her. Went back to the hotel but nothing walked around the canals but she's nowhere to be seen and I just thought fuck it the old bird wants to play funny buggers letter and I went off for a slap up feed at this calf and asked his cup of tea and a few cakes fucking love cake I do ate six of these little brownies they'd got right they were fucking amazing but I did feel a bit giddy afterwards and lost track of time and when I sort of managed to get me bearings I realised I was back in that pervy nightclub and then this bloke comes on the stage and goes het melik sen ping pong cannon uh, shit at accents sounded more like Chinese that didn't it uh, anyways uh, this big fat old bird comes on stage and with a Batman mask on and starts to fire these ping pong balls out of her foof and they're pinging them out and they're going all around the room landing in people's beers bouncing off the walls hitting people in the face it weren't right that sort of thing shouldn't be allowed anyway when she's run out of ammo she stands up takes a bow and everyone applauds and then she takes a Batman mask off and he's fucking mum ain't it there's some things a bloke should never see and that's top of the fucking list. I was shocked, right? I was making my way up onto the stage to grab mum when the police burst in and raided the joint. She got arrested for performing without a licence, uh, performing without the appropriate health checks and for six outstanding warrants dating back to the late 60s. And that's where she is now. Uh, still over there, banged up like prisoner cell block H. We're waiting for a case to come up before the judge in a few weeks. Dawn Sanders reckons uh, she could be facing eight years inside. Of course, it was all my fault, wasn't it? Mr. White went fucking apeshit when he picked me up at the airport, minus mum. Like, I knew she'd be filing sports equipment out of a cavity as soon as my back was fucking turned. Whilst we're talking about these sort of things, a big shout-out to the team down at White and Bailey Fabrications, where I work. Well, sort of. It's complicated, isn't it? Uh, the whole team down there are busy making banners and trying to free the Edgebury One, as Mum's become known recently. Uh, yeah, making banners, pinning up posters and making sure everyone knows about Mum's plot and false imprisonment, keeping it fresh in the public's mind, sort of. A couple of ladies from the office have even been lobbying on a local MP to see if he can help free Mum. 
Uh, yeah, I think my local MP is called Grant Talbot, Conservative. Don't ask me how that happened. Uh, but we ain't heard anything back yet. Yeah, sterling effort from everyone down there. Really nice of him to make the effort. And I'm sure he's got absolutely nothing to do with Mr White offering him time and a half to help out. Slow Francis has done fuck all to help. He's just too busy hanging around with Donners to do anything other than chucking the odd sarky comment about me getting Mummy Maureen banged up in Chokey. He took Donna away to Scarborough last weekend. I know she was looking forward to it because I saw her in George at Asda's shoplifting some sexy underwear. I don't think it went as well as she'd hoped, as it turns out it was the National Warhammer Championship Eats, and they were in fact sharing a room with Fat Tracy Beaker and that daft fucker who wears a moped only 24 hours a day. There's not much room for romance when one of them's farting and the other's sucking on his inhaler every six minutes, is there? <laughs> That what I would like to see. Right, on to the part of the podcast where I pitch a film idea for a film that I would like to see. Now, this is a film called Black Knuckles. Don't ask me why. I came up with the title first. Story came later. It's about an East End villain called Mickey, and he gets out of prison after about 30 years, and he's taken the rap for the big boss, and he's done his time, and he was told by the big boss that when he gets out, he can have his old job back. But the big boss is now fucked off and left his son in charge, who tells Mickey to fuck off. Mickey ain't happy, so he sets about fucking up the big boss's son's empire by starting a gangland war with another gang, and whilst all that's kicking off, he stages a heist with a load of his old mates, and the big boss's son gets into trouble for it. Actually, that sounds even better when you read it out loud. Might be onto a winner there. Fuck, that's... 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 I mean, that's really good, that is. If there are any film companies out there want to share in the spoils, then drop me the line. The email, as always, is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. Yeah. See Guy Ritchie doing that one. Uh, great stuff. Films that what I would like to see. <laughs> yeah, I've impressed myself there. Uh, better just say hello to Tommy Slippers, a local town gossip, who's been filling everyone in on Mum's predicament. Admittedly, he's got a couple of the facts wrong. Uh, like, he said that she was done for smuggling drugs, and she signed a six-figure deal with Netflix to make a series of her life called Narcos Blockswitch. Always good to hear what shit he's talking when you nip in the chippy of an evening. When I was in Amsterdam, one of the only redeeming features of the city was I did manage to track down this lovely place to eat called Chipsy King. Great name, that is. He served all sorts of shit in there. The bloke behind the counter was fucking great. Sammy, his name was. That's Sammy with an I, not a Y. He likes to make that abundantly clear. It was so nice. You know, I think I went there about 12 times in the three and a half days I was there. Word of warning, though, do stay clear of the barbecue sauce. It's basically just thick vinegar. Not good. But on the plus side, though, uh, whenever I went in, Sammy would say, Here's my big fat English friend. Uh, just his way, you know. And he said to me, Does Randall want his usual? As usual. Fucking lovely that was. It made me feel really great, like I belonged. When I nip down here to the local chippy back here, I always have large chips, mushy peas, two bread and butter. I've been going twice a week for the last 15 years since it opened. And uh, the owner, Pete Arnold, doesn't even say hello, Randall, or acknowledge I've been in there before. In fact, we went to fucking school together. Not only for the best part of 50 years, for fuck's sake. 
even went to his mum's funeral when she died a couple of years ago, even though I hadn't been cleared of the charges yet, the moody fucker. Randall's requests. So, on to Randall's requests this week. And it's one from 2005, requested by Emma Royd, directed by Nick Park and Steve Box. And it's called Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Weir Rabbit. Now, this one's a bit of a palate cleanser after that shocking bag of shit earlier on Don't Look Now or whatever it was fucking called. Uh, we all know Wallace and Gromit, don't we? Well, this time they've set up a business where they get rid of rabbits from people's vegetable patches. And he uses a machine what sucks off rabbits. And then a machine called the Mind Manipulation Omatic, what makes them not like vegetables anymore. I think it's a bit like that conversion therapy some of them deep south churches do to the gays to stop them liking cocks. Anyways, there's this big fuck-off rabbit that's going around town at night, eating everyone's veg up. So, so Wallace and Gromit try to track the fucker down, and it turns out to be Wallace, who turns into this, like, weird rabbit thing, and all shit breaks loose. I won't tell you what happens, in case you want to enjoy it for yourself, but bear in mind it is a kid's film, so there's not likely going to be any murders, torture, or gangland shootouts. But it is a right, rollicking laugh. One thing I will say is it's amazing how they managed to do this because I used to play with plasticine when I was a lad and after about 10 minutes the colours all used to mix together and turn to a shitty brown sort of colour. Ratings wise I'm going to put this on a par with a value box from Chipsy King because you really don't want to know what's gone into making it but you enjoy it nonetheless. That's Wallace and Gromit, Curse the Were Rabbit. Watch that if you want to enjoy yourself and don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Randall's requests. I know I keep banging on about fucking Amsterdam. It's probably getting on your tits now. But uh, the night we got there, after we'd been to the Glow in the Dark mini-golf on our way back to the hotel, uh, we somehow managed to take a wrong turn, right? And we ended up down this street. There were loads of these windows with ladies in them. Fucking loads of them there were. Fucking street full. And all these women were mainly in the bra and pants. Proud as punch they were, not a care in the world. They probably should turn their eating down if there's adult in there, right? Nice to know though that some things are the same, you know, over there as they are here in England. Because some nights when it gets a bit odd in my bungalow, I do like to strip down to the bare bones and just me socks and underpants. Tell you what though, they were quite friendly and kept waving at me. And I was waving back and this is one lass riding, she was beckoning me in. Must have been lonely or something. Tell you what though, she was uh, not bad looking, you know. And if mum hadn't been so grouchy about getting some food, I would have probably popped in to say hello. Randall recommends. So... Randall's recommends this week is one that Big Ken lent me and it's called Nude Nuns with Big Guns. Not a massive plot to speak of and no one you've ever heard of it in it but don't let that put you off. A bunch of naked nuns make drugs for a nasty shit one of the nuns tells him bollocks so he fucks her up, leaves her for dead she gets good at shooting shit up and goes after the twat. Ain't gonna change the world but you do get to see knockers, guns and a lot of people getting shot. It's only on for about 80 minutes, so you can pop it on, clean yourself up, whilst your wife nips off to do the big shop. Randall recommends. Thank you so much for joining me. I think this was just what I needed, you know, to get back in the swing of things. Something normal to keep my feet on the ground. Thank you so much for joining me. It does mean a lot to me. It really does. If you want to contact the podcast, uh, the email address, as always, is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Uh, join me next week for our special anniversary edition of Randall Parker's Film Club, which I'll be recording live from the Dog and Partridge with our special guest, Mrs. Cynthia Rothrock. Ta-da for a bit. Mm-hmm.